Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I Am Athlete Tonight. What up, what up, what up, everyone? This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, 10-year NFL defensive lineman, Lee Shea Doosable, with my teammates, 2014 All-Pro Corner, Adam Pac-Man Jones, and 2006 NBA champion with the Miami Heat, Antoine Walker. And we have a massive show today. Matter of fact, we have Los Angeles Rams head coach, Sean McVay, with our teammate, Brandon Marshall, we will be speaking with him in just minutes. But first, I want to throw it to my teammate, Adam Pac-Man Jones. He has been grinning and smiling from ear to ear ever <laughs> since we got off that production meeting. Why don't you tell us what's going on? Yeah, ski. But hey, man, it's a great day in the Jones house, man. Um, these kids are, are working really hard and it's starting to pay off. Um, my nephew, Chris Henry Jr., um, he's getting a lot of offers from everywhere. But this week, um, we went to Marshall. He showed out. We went to Ohio State today. He got an uh, offer from Ohio State. Um, Texas just called, want to offer. So it's a big it's a big week in the Jones house, baby. So we we just counting all these blessings and um, being humble and, and making sure these kids are working, man. Thanks for giving me that little two seconds, too. Nah, man, that's that's so dope, man. Uh, Chris Henry Jr. Um, what you said, eighth grade going eighth into grade. Eighth grade. And he's got eighth. offers from where? Yeah, ran four five four today. He he have uh, we got uh, Ohio State, which that's he got crazy. today. Um, he has uh, Grambling, Jackson, West Virginia, Marshall, um, Tennessee. So they they starting to pile up. We going to Texas. Uh, Texas want to see him in person before they offer him. But mm. man, um, he 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 he's by far the best receiver in this class. He's six three. He runs a four five forty. He's really good in and out of his breaks. Um, when you get a chance, man, y'all y'all check him out on. Twitter, he got all this stuff posted. Uh, Chris Henry Jr. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people can comprehend like what that means. The eighth grader, not 14. even in high school, he's going into high school, and he's what six three already. Six three, yeah. Runs Probably a four five two. He ran four five two today. That's yes, that sir. should be illegal first and foremost. Like it shouldn't <laughs> even be fair for him to play uh, little league with the rest <laughs> of those kids out there in AAU or whatever you know league they playing in. Because I know for sure that probably ninety percent of high school kids can't guard him. So for damn sure, kids that are not in high school can't do anything with him right now. Man, but for just... him, for him to have offers already from some of the biggest colleges in the nation, Ohio State, West Virginia. Um, you said Marshall, uh, Texas wants to see him in person before they give him an offer. Like, that is absurd for him not even to have stepped on the field in high school. So, man, that's that's amazing. That's a blessing. That's big ups to you and your family and Chris Henry Jr., man, because that's, hey, that's amazing. Hey, guys, this is Evan, the producer. Pac, I, I think for some of the youngsters who are listening right now, remind everybody about Chris, Chris Henry Sr. and your relationship with him and 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 your role in his son's life now um so me and chris i call him dewey chris henry um the father um we went to west virginia together we was best friends in college we literally spent every day of college together talking about how we was going to be one and two in the draft um we ended up going he ended up going to cincinnati a third round pick um i was first defensive player pick i went to tennessee but our love and passion um, and family still was the same. We would talk every day. Um, just to make a long story short, he was cut a little short. Um, 
um, rest in peace. I now have all of the kids. Um, we're here in Cincinnati um, doing something special, man. I, I know that he is really proud of the kids and myself and the parents um, for doing what we can do. You know what I mean? Maximizing these kids' ability and giving them a chance that we didn't have or the past that skipped the line that we didn't have. You know, at 14 years old, I definitely wasn't running fucking four or five. I mm-hmm. definitely didn't have an offer from Ohio State, uh, Marshall, West Virginia, Miami. Um, so it, 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 it's a blessing in disguise, man, to to see. And I, I told him today, I said, look, man, if you take this and do this the right way, you'll be the LeBron of football when your time comes. And mm-hmm. he said, for real, huh? I said, yeah, man, you got all the tools and all the skills. You got the right people around you. You ain't going to do the shit that I did by any means necessary. You know what I mean? So you you ain't got to worry about that part. All you have to do is tune in and love what you're doing and compete every day, which I don't think that would be a problem at all. But, like, sky's the limit for him, man. He was the youngest kid West Virginia ever offered. He was Mm. the youngest kid Ohio State ever offered. Um, So – it's a blessing, man. So I just try to keep them grounded and keep them working, man. So, so I just wanted to ask you this question, Pac. So, hit him and his his siblings. They stay with you currently. Yeah. Yes, uh, that's, so, that's amazing. We have an older older sister, Sandy. Um, she's a hell of a basketball player. Um, she have who she got? She got uh, Xavier. She have Cincinnati. Um, How old is she? She's in the tenth grade, going to the eleventh grade. Um, and then we have a younger one, which is Bubba, that's in the seventh grade, going to the eighth grade, which is in the uh, he in the top ten of his class. Also, left-handed kid, um, probably about six feet right now. Um, God have blessed these kids to, to have the ability and to be, have the size that they have. Man, go ahead, man. Pack, hey, pack, man. I want to um, take a moment, though. Sis, all jokes aside. Um, and just commend you, my brother. You you're yeah. a true definition. You're a true definition of a best friend. I know people use that um that word loosely, and we use the friend word loosely, man. But want to give you flowers, brother. That's that's tremendous that you took these kids under your wing, and um and they're gonna be successful, man. They're gonna always remember you for the rest of their life. So I commend you, my brother, for being a true, real best friend. I appreciate it, Twan. Yeah, that's I always a- think about like what would I want somebody to do for me and my kids? You know mm. what I mean? So I have nights where I'll be like, God damn, man, he looked just like his dad. You know what I mean? I tear up when I see certain <laughs> things like, God damn, he talked just like his dad. So um, it's emotional for me, but at the end of the day, man, it, I want them to be better than what we was. You know what I mean? So that's what we all work for. You want your kids, you want your your friend kids or whoever you, 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 you commune with and you, you're a family with, if they're in the sports era or whatever era they're in, doctor i want my kids my nieces my nephews my friend kids i want them to be better than us if i have a chance of helping them being better than us by any means necessary that's my calling and i'm gonna do it yeah and to 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 piggyback off what twan said uh pac-man that's exactly why i asked you that question right because it, it it definitely you can definitely tell that these kids are in the right, heading in the right direction. You talked about you want them to have better lives than you. You don't want them to make the same mistakes that you've done in the past, right? And it's and it shows, right, that you got them on the right path. And I mean, they got some athletic genes in their family. Good lord! I mean, you said the sister has offers from Cincinnati, Xavier, and she's only in the tenth grade. I mean, the, the son, Chris Henry Jr., offers from all over the country. Literally, some of the top schools: Ohio State, 
Uh, Marshall is in there. You said Texas wants to see him before they offer him. West Virginia has already offered him. And he's not even in the ninth grade. So, man, I just want to commend you for the job that you have done with raising these kids, man. And kudos to you, man. That's that's, that's big, big ups to you and, and blessings to you, man. I appreciate it, man. You know what they say, take a village to raise a child. So it's, it's all a collective agreement. I thank my wife, man, for allowing me to have her and my kids share our love to someone else. You know, that's a big thing, um, moving kids in and it take a little love away from your kids. You know what I mean? So thank God that my kids are, are, are very grateful and open-hearted and was willing to accept uh, what we was trying to do. Cause this wasn't just all on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I have kids too. So I, I, I want, I want everybody to feel comfortable. So that was the first thing I did. I went to my daughters, them and asked them, Hey, look, what do you think about this? How do you feel about this? And um, it's been good for us, man. Man, that's an amazing yeah. story. This is, I am athlete tonight. I am your host, Lee J Dules, but with my teammates, Adam Pac-Man Jones and Antoine Walker. And big ups to Chris Henry Jr., man. Only in eighth grade getting, you know, scholarship offers from West Virginia, Ohio State, and many other schools. Hi, everyone. I'm Hall of Fame sportscaster Leslie Visser. And if you love sports the way I do, the people, the passion, then you'll enjoy my podcast, In Conversation, every Thursday. I've drawn from 45 years of covering all sports with people like Billie Jean King and David Duchovny and the merry prankster himself, Bill Walton. I have reached the top of the mountain. I am having a conversation with Leslie Visser my hero. So please listen and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Game two of the NBA Finals, the Golden State Warriors took it to Twan's Boston Celtics, right? Now, I got Boston <laughs> winning in seven games. Uh, I honestly thought that they were going to win game two and not game one, but I knew Golden State was going to come out, you know, with that fire in game two. And Steph Curry, 29 piece, man, um, including five of 12 from three-point range. The third quarter is when Golden State really opened up the game. They went on a 35-14 to 14 run. Tuan, I want to uh, hit hit you on a question real quick, too, um, because Jason Tatum, right, He we know he always has a bounce-back game if he has a game that he doesn't have a high offensive output. I think he only had 12 points in game one, so I kind of knew he was going to be on, on point for game two. But it seemed at times, though, during that game that he was searching out calls, right? And, and instead of just driving to the basket aggressively and, and trying to score, it seems like when he got into the paint, whether, you know, it was a pick and roll and Steph Curry was on him, once he got past Curry, it seemed like he would just fail, flail his arms up and the ball would just come loose. Do you think he's, you know, he's being just a little bit too conservative with his aggression as far as not trying to finish at the cup instead of looking for calls? Well, it's probably one of the few, one of the two negative things about his game is finishing strong and, and probably posting up. And those things came to light. Um, you saw that in the second half of the third quarter because I thought he played really, really well. Got out to a great start. Um, really rebounded from the three for 17 game that he had in game one. So I, he had 21 points in the first half and got himself in great position to have a big night. But I do have to agree with you on that in the second half. Um, just got careless with the ball, didn't stop attacking the basket. And that's how Golden State was able to make that run and have that big quarter. And I think that's that second level to superstar 
that we talk about with him that we don't see sometimes that he has to mm-hmm. get to. When you're on the first team All-NBA and you're the superstar of the team and you see a team making a run, you got to do something to stop that. You got to try to put that fire out. And he didn't do that yesterday. And that's something he's going to have to do. You can't afford – this is the second game in a row in the third quarter that Golden State has jumped on the Boston Celtics. Got lucky the first the first game and, and came back from 13. Golden State's too good to give them – 15, 20-point leads that think you're going to get back in the game. So that's the next step for Jason Tatum. Well, Tom, I actually want to follow up question uh, with you because you brought up a good point, right? That's two games in a row in the third quarter where Golden State just takes off on the Boston Celtics. Now, they were able to, able to overcome it, you know, in the first game and, you know, had a tremendous fourth quarter. I believe scored 40 points in the fir- fourth quarter in the first game. This game, not so much. Does that give you pause or worry that that's two games in a row that in the third quarter they just, you know, give up a big lead to a team like the Golden State Warriors? No, actually, now after seeing them play two games, I'm even more confident that the Celtics can win this series. I just think um, the depth of the Celtics is going to wear on Golden State. Golden State is really having one main score. Klay Thompson, we haven't heard of him yet in this series after two games. Jordan Poole is not playing the same way he was playing. So you're basically leaving the scoring and the opportunities on the, on the offensive end just to Steph, and that's not going to beat the Celtics. They're too good defensively. Um, yesterday, Jalen Brown and, and Marcus Smart didn't show up, and I would throw Al Horford in there as well, a guy who had a big game in game one. Those guys, I believe, are going to be better. They'll play better at home, and I don't think Golden State has enough. I don't think Steph can play any better than he's playing now. He's averaging 30 mm. points a game, shooting 45% from the field, really has his imprint on the series. So is he going to go from 30 to 40? You know what I'm saying? You got you got to get some guys that come along with you on the offensive end. And we're not seeing that from Clay and Jordan Poole. So if those guys so don't you, you pick it up. You think Clay and Jordan Poole going to shoot that bad the whole series? I mean, Poole actually played well, though, game two. I don't necessarily believe they're going to shoot bad at the host. I don't think Clay is. I think Clay can get himself going. This is the first time for Jordan Poole. The yeah. moment could be too big for him. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so still early. To- all y'all are with Boston, right? Bose, you with Boston? Yeah, I'm with Boston. I got Boston. Who are you seven. with, Brandon? Yes. Are you with Boston, too? No, he, I'm with Boston. You know I'm with Boston. I know I you with Celtics Boston. And six. And six. Brandon, you're muted. You got the Celtic and what? I got the Celtics in six games. That that's not gonna happen. I bet you on that one. What you wanna do? <laughs> I got Boston in seven. All right, boys, we gotta put a steak dinner on. We might have to. I don't, I don't eat steak, but yeah. What, we, what's we, the odds on our betting site right now? That's a good question. Yeah. I mean, after Evan. game one, Boston was favored before the series. So, Golden, Golden State was favored. Golden State's a slight betting favorite to win the series right now, according to DraftKings.com sportsbook. Okay. I like DraftKings bet. I like yeah. Golden State, <laughs> yeah. but go, but going back we'll to see. some of the some of the players, um, you know, in the chippiness of the game, uh, Draymond Green spoke about it. Jalen Brown and also the, the Boston Celtics head coach Ime Udoka spoke about it, and this is what they had to say. Yes, I wanted to come out and be more aggressive on that side, um, and I think I did a good job of that. But that's a that's a full team effort. It doesn't just work because of one guy. Uh, in that situation, uh, Draymond fouled me on a three then put his legs on my head or whatever. I tried to get up, you know, um, but that's what they're going to do. That's what he's going to do. He's going to try to muck the game up, try to raise a level of intensity. Um, we got to raise ours. I'm just trying to play basketball, and I feel like that was an illegal play. Um, I feel like they could have caught it, but they let it go um, in terms of 
uh, a technical um, on either way, but I don't know what I was supposed to do there. Like some guy, he got your, their legs on, on the top of your head, um, and then he tried to pull my pants down. I don't know what that was about, but you know, that's what Draymond Green does. He'll do whatever it takes to win. He'll pull you, he'll grab you, he'll try to muck the game up because um, that's what he does for their team. It's not nothing to be surprised about. You just play basketball um, and keep doing, you smile and you keep doing what you what you do. You know, I know what I can bring to the game. I know what um, I'm capable of doing and, and they know that as well. So um, that's what Draymond's going to do. He's going to try to muck things up. He's going to try to pull your arm, whatever, whatever it takes to win. And that's what he's made a career out of, respect to him. Um, but right now, I don't got time for that. So we get ready for the next one. No, I was not surprised. There was a double technical not called. Not surprised at all due to the circumstances. But Jalen, no, I think he uh, got some fouls early in the game. And uh, that kind of took him out of rhythm more so than that specific play. He got the two early fouls when he was really going early and um, slowed him down a little bit there. Now, Tuan, I, I want to bring you in on this because watching the game, do you believe that that should have been a double technical on Draymond and, and Jalen Brown? And essentially, that would have put Draymond out of the game. And do you think the refs didn't do it because he already had the one technical? And should that matter, right? Should it, should it not be the action and not if a player already has one technical foul? Well, I, I mean, I hate for a guy to get kicked out of the game for something like that, but it should have been a double technical. It was, it, it was no way. It should have obviously been a double tech. But I don't want to see that. I don't want to see nobody get kicked out the game, especially like a starter or a guy that's a big part of the series. So we don't want to see that as basketball fans. But um, Draymond does a good job of, of, of creating chaos. And obviously mm -hmm. with the Celtics, he's creating chaos by itself. That team is not going to react. The Celtics are not going to react. They don't have anybody on their team that wants to get into any altercation with them and, and go back and forth with them. Maybe Marcus Smart mm -hmm. a little bit would, get, yeah. would do that. Mark, Marcus Smart would do it a little bit. But besides that, so I think Draymond does it for himself. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes you got to get yourself motivated and get yourself going. Um, and he's the heart and soul of Golden State. And Draymond's skills have diminished a little bit on the offensive end where he's not a, a scorer like he was early in his career. So he has to do other things on the floor to make a difference in the game. So that's setting screens. That's making good passes, doing little things like that, being the physical presence for them on the court. So the Celtics have to be prepared for that. But I will say this. I don't think Draymond should keep flirting around with it because the mm. game is not called the same way. And I don't. you'll be doing this team a disjustice to get kicked out of one of these games or to get suspended a game. Um, quick, quick they question. Really, they they need ahead, him. So, yeah. They need him. So I think he has to be smart in that because he's going public now saying that he, you know, he's going to get the fairness of the whistle. They know how he plays the game and those things. And we all know the league is called totally different from the 80s, the 90s, and early 2000s. They may they may run him. You never know. They may run him and kick him out of game. Yeah. Quick question, Tuan, and, and we got to head to break in a second. But do you think Draymond teeters the line between being dirty and just being extra physical? Because to Jalen Brown's point, right? If I'm on the floor, and, and Pac, you can speak to this too. Like no dude's about to just leave his legs on top of me like that over my head while we <laughs> on the ground. Like he act like like Jalen Brown was wrong for knocking his legs off him. Like bro, you're not about to just keep your legs around my head and think it's cool. I, I, well, you, I, go ahead, Mike. I, he, he, you know what he is. You know what I mean? Um, I love the way he play. 
Am I a fan of them? Um, a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm not a Golden State fan, but I'm going with Golden State just because you guys are going with Boston. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, as a teammate, these one of them guys you love to have on your team. I had one of these guys named Vontez Burfitt, which he was way more talented than Draymond Green. He brought a little bit more to the table, but he was one of those guys that played with a chip on his shoulder. They got other guys around him going. And it, it, it nine times out of ten, put a little fear in the other team. Listen, Draymond is a, one of the best basketball fighters. And I hope you guys understand what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> where, where you can create something on the court, but you really ain't taking nowhere because you know they're going to break it up. And he's great at that. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's one of the hold best Hold on, hold basketball. on. Say that again. Say that You're again. trying to say he's, that man ain't got no he's, real hands he's, is what he's, he's saying. A, he's, he's, a real, he's a really good basketball fighter. So you know what's going to happen. I mean, you know what's going to happen on the court. They're going to break it up. Referee's going to get in between. And then it's over with. So he's, he's one of the best at it. I don't think he's looking for a situation where it's going to carry out past the, past the basketball court. So the guy's got to understand that when you're playing against him. I mean, I played in the league where Dennis Rodman was a nuisance to guys would do certain antics and things to you. But Dennis wasn't trying to fight out the rest. Now, you do that to Charles Oakley, Oak taking it in the locker room. Ain't no hey, stopping it. So you, so you know, you just know what to pick. You know what to do there. And I think Draymond's the best at it. He know ain't nobody on the Celtics gonna take it past that. So why not mm. try to uh, pick a fight or pick a situation that you know ain't going past the court? Yeah, yeah and if it was, it should be Marcus Smart because mm. you know how that that would end up. But that's yeah. a whole nother conversation. You never know who'll step inside the green room with Danny Green. One of the premier bus drivers of the 90s, one Mr. Charles Barkley. Listen, Kevin Durant's a terrific player, but he had a chance to be the bus driver, and he's never won a championship when he wasn't one of the other guys. And I was just trying to make the point, hey, you don't get to make excuses when you don't win. That's just the way it is. Listen, subscribe, and review Inside the Green Room with Danny Green on Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast. Somebody was willing to spend $2.7 million on a rookie jersey from Kobe Bean Bryant. What would be the most you would uh, want to spend on one? I don't know. I don't know if I'd be willing to spend $2.7 million, but we're going to bring uh, Evan, our producer, in for the backstory to this. Yeah, I mean, this is an incredible story here. So somebody found a, a Kobe Bryant authentic game-worn jersey from his rookie year. He wore it during at least five games including twice during the 1997 NBA playoffs. Now, you remember the Lakers were eliminated by the Utah Jazz that year, and Kobe didn't exactly put up you know, anything special. But he reflected on that in the years that followed about how that really fueled his, you know, his fire, and it kind of helped, him, helped motivate him to become the Kobe Bryant that you know, ended up winning so much and became an icon. So this jersey went on the market. It was an SCP auction event, and the final gavel – $2.74 million. Now, we've been mm. talking about how the sports collectibles market is on fire. We've been talking about that for a long time. But you guys are, you know, you guys are financially savvy and you guys are also, you know, in the middle of this as pro athletes that you deal with memorabilia and stuff like that. Do you think that $2.74 million for a Kobe Bryant jersey will ultimately be looked on as a good investment in a couple of years? What do you think? Honestly, I think it would be um, RP to Kobe Bryant, one of the greatest players to ever grace the game of basketball. Um, that's, a, that's a lot of cheddar for, for a jersey, but ultimately somebody down the road might buy that jersey for maybe 3.5 or, or, you know, $4, $4 million. I don't know, uh, Pac-Man, Jones, I think you, you got a Kobe Bean Bryant, I think, jersey in the background. Do you think that's a good investment? 
depends on who you are. <laughs> what the text bracket is. Um, if I was playing and it was in my, my major years, I probably would have bought it. 2.5, I would have wrote it off. That's a big expense. I would probably got a million, two of that back. Um, and that's something my son would have had with I probably let him sold on down the line, but I think it's a good investment. It's only that's the only one. I haven't heard nobody else talk about the rookie jersey. Mm. <laughs> what you what you think about it, B Marsh? Think it's a good investment? No, I, I don't I I mean I don't know because we play the sport, you know, uh, but I'm not buying no obviously first off, it's it's Kobe, right? So salute to Kobe and rest in peace. Got to say that first, um, mm-hmm. true legend, and then a lot of us look up to to Kobe, looked up to Kobe, and he inspired us, right? And he still continues to inspire us. But with that being said, I'm not buying no card, no trading card. <laughs> I'm not purchasing no helmet, no jersey, n- none of that, none of Can that. Can I say one one thing? No. Right quick? You see this picture right here? I, I spent fifty thousand dollars for this picture. This well, we can see it, but our, our listeners can't. All right, but I'm telling y'all, though, so that's what I'm into. You get what I'm saying? I'm into stuff like that. I'm into art like that. Tell you, as Pac said, if it's in your tax bracket, then you can do it. <laughs> why, why Why? not? What about you, Twan? You know, you, you played in the league, the NBA, for a long time. Uh, do you believe, you know, $2.7 million on a rookie Kobe Bryant jersey is, is a really good investment? Uh, I'm not sure if it's a good investment or not. I know, obviously, what he's done for the game and – it's going to probably hold his value. But for me, I wouldn't do it. I, I like to get jerseys from guys that I have somewhat relationships with and respect their game a lot. So, I mean, not to say I don't respect Kobe's game, but I wouldn't – I want to be able to call a guy on the phone and say I need a jersey. I'm going to try to avoid – I, w- I just want to pay for the shipping costs. Um, <laughs> I want to pay for the jersey and the shipping costs. That's that's about what I want to pay for. I want to pay for the jersey and the shipping costs. So, Because I'm not a big jersey co- uh, collector, so if I do get a few of them – I was going to be from guys that I know and have relationships with. But mm. it might be a little different for me, Bose, though, because, like, LeBron James is my favorite player. <laughs> Can you get you that sound. LeBron James. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but um, I had a chance to study Kobe and the mumble mentality. That's why I changed my number to 24. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's, it, it had a lot to, to do with me personally. Than, than just buying a jersey or buying a picture. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah, I feel you on that. Did you think, did you think that uh, when you made that transition to 24, did it help you? Did it did it help you guarding guys like myself? Like, did you feel like you were able to tap into the mentality, the mama mentality, or did we continue to take the top off on you? Well, you only took the top off one time, and I was wearing 21, and it was in a preseason game. Besides that, I don't even think you had 100 yards on me in that nail game. Oh, he look. He need to Google. <laughs> look, look he looked at look it. You got to look that up. <laughs> well, look it up. I am athlete tonight. It's part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. Support I am athlete tonight with a five star rating and by leaving a review. That's a big deal, guys. Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five-star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? Catch the full two hours of I Am Athlete tonight, weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio. 
SiriusXM Channel 82. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA Tonight Trial to start your free trial today. Serious XM Podcasts.